Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 36 now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. We are on Apple Pod, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, we are reporting. It is Thursday, 421, not 420. Uh, Gentlemen, how are we feeling today? No Jace on the show today, sadly. He's a little sick under the weather. All I'm saying is I powered through it last week, and maybe I'm a little bit tougher. He's throwing shots at Jace. How are we doing today, gentlemen? We have Nick C stepping in for Jace as well. Super producer Nick C. I'm doing well, Peter. I- I'm really excited to talk wide receivers, especially given the news that just came out about Debo. Whatever you want to call it, Tuesday, Wednesday. Excited to talk wide receivers. Yeah, man, me too. I'm definitely uh, under extenuating circumstances. I've come off the bench. I've been- had my hand up <laughs> saying, put me in coach. And uh, He's the got the warm-up. He's, take- he's taking the warm-up off right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's ripping away the uh, the sweatpants but yeah uh, definitely excited to talk some wide receivers uh hoping that jace uh rests up and is ready to go for next episode so yeah definitely uh by the time you listen to this about a week away from the nfl draft so a lot of big questions to answer this is going to be our wide receiver tiered breakdown so we're going to do our top 12 wide receivers pre NFL draft. Now these guys aren't going to be in the NFL draft, but just our current players uh, that have teams pre NFL draft and how we're ranking our top 12 at this point, Jace has his picks in here uh, and we'll go over them. But again, he is feeling really under the weather. So if you are one to pray, maybe send a prayer his way. But before we get into the episode, I did want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor. This episode sponsors Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is back, back again, sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. No waivers, no trades, or lineup setting. There is no league management aspect after you draft. So your draft is completely key. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a season-long team in seconds and takes your best score for each week of the season. It's a best ball league, as some of you have heard. Sign up now with our code. It's Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match for up to $100 in bonus catch. Um, And again, they have an incredible mobile app, and Underdog is the official fantasy football app of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Max. Yeah, um, I mean, you're going to be listening to this on Thursday. The tweet has already been out. If you saw, go retweet our post for the Waddle jersey. Go follow us on Twitter if you're not already doing so. And then if you download Underdog, use our code, you show us proof of that, you'll get an extra entry into the Waddle jersey. So it's going to be a really cool jersey to give away, and I'm really excited for a, a lucky fan. Yeah, we part, we, so we kind of did a joint venture here with – uh, our friends over at Pristine Auction and Underdog. Underdog sponsoring our signed Jalen Waddle jersey giveaway. It's uh, Max, is it in the white or is it in the teal? The teal. Oh, baby. Yes. So a teal Waddle jersey. Um, signed Waddle jersey. With the authentication. I mean, it's literally, it's free. You could retweet the post that we're going to make here that's, that's out or you can 
retweet and do underdog and get multiple entries, which I would suggest because you could win the money back on underdog and a retweet's free. So yeah. overall, it's great. Yeah. And we've given away stuff in the past. We gave away a Tyree kill signed Jersey when he was still on Kansas city and not down in South beach. Um, we gave that away only a couple of weeks ago when you really think about it. So again, you know, we're just here to spread the fantasy football love in this time of uh, this time of cold and despair in the fantasy football community where really nothing's going on. We're here to spread the love uh, Jalen Waddle Jersey coming at all of our followers on Twitter. And with that being said, we're going to get right into reports. All right. We have some wide receiver diva drama news, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later for now. We're going to get into a spicy one, one that I actually really kind of want to talk about a little bit. We have a Derek Carr three year, $121 million contract extension 121.5 million 40.5 million annually how are we feeling about this especially as it relates to Devontae Adams yeah I mean I think it's I mean they're locked up together we knew that if Devontae was going to go there Derek Carr wasn't going to leave like he wants to play with Devontae obviously Um, I just I don't I can't justify Derek Carr being worth that much money personally I don't know about you guys I definitely agree like Derek Carr is kind of a mid-level quarterback for the NFL, but I I saw something on Twitter and I, I want to say the average money that he's making uh, from this extension, it didn't break him into like the top eight quarterbacks or whatever. So it's not that bad of a deal, I feel like for the Raiders, um, but you know, it, good on car. I mean, he's, he got his bag, even though it's not the biggest bag of the, of them all. Yeah, for, for me in particular, you got to look at the scenario. I think the Raiders did the best job that they could. Looking at like the free agency market for quarterbacks, it's non-existent. When you think traditionally, quarterbacks don't hit the open market. So the Raiders are in win-now mode. Uh, they have probably a three-year window uh, with Devontae being healthy, that defense being able to hold up Josh Jacobs, uh, the wear on his tires over the next three seasons. And then Darren Waller's up there in age as well. So they're realizing that they kind of only have a couple year window to, to make a run at a Super Bowl. And they'd rather not restart with a rookie quarterback who could potentially be good. So, you know what? Even though it is a little bit of an overpay, in my opinion, I think for the fourth best quarterback in that division, Derek Carr still gives them the best chance to win a Super Bowl in that window, in that window in time. And with that being said, that, that three-year window, Devontae's locked up in that window as well. This is going to be the last quarterback for Devontae's elite years. So if Devontae goes out there and doesn't look too hot, maybe and he catches a little bit of fire and you're willing to sell, just remember you're selling the quarterback. You're not selling the receiver here. Uh, Devontae's completely skilled. And if you're scared about Derek Carr at some point in the season, just know the last – productive productive years of Devonte's career are going to be with car thrown on the ball 100 percent, very well said peter all right moving on next sammy watkins green bay one year four million uh, i believe he's wide receiver one at this point unless we're thinking randall cobb is no i'd probably rather have robert tunyon and then probably rather have aaron jones and then aj Dillon. i'd probably rather have the first or second overall pick in the draft oh we got a Philly fan in the background. Sixers hit a three. <laughs> going crazy. This is That's live on the air, on. folks. That's what live you on the air. Nick C, if you decide to keep this in, my 
roommate Mario from New Jersey is a avid Sixers fan, and I guess they just hit a buzzer beater. <laughs> One second left, but yes, they're up three on uh, Toronto, which Toronto I think is the most fraudulent team in the NBA. So I had hoped they beat them, um, but back to Nick Nurse Canada. to the Lakers. What's up, Nick Nurse to the Lakers? Nick Nurse to the Lakers. I like it just for LeBron to leave them in the dusk. Yeah, um, but I don't know. For me personally, Sammy Watkins, like I wouldn't. We had a guy in our league try to pick him up and trade him for a third round pick in any year. I mean, that person's just fishing for stuff at that point. Um, I don't think he's worth – I don't even think he should be rostered, honestly. He's 28, 29, and they're going to draft a wide receiver, and he's going to go into irrelevance. Yeah, I agree, Max. And I could be the guy that you're mentioning. I don't know. But I think for sure, like, if you were able to get him, scooped him up off the waivers, like, if you can flip him for anything, any draft capital at all, like, I'm doing that 100%. Like, just – throw it out there, any pick, give me it for Sammy Watkins. Cause I mean, they're probably, you would assume that they're going to draft a wide receiver. And I mean, there's no way Sammy Watkins is going to be their wide receiver one going into the season. I mean, one reason you could hold him is because he is known to have a boom week one, almost every season. So if you need that, if you need that week one, win, just throw Sammy in there, probably give you 15 plus. But other than that, I mean, get this guy off my roster yeah he's irrelevant i feel like everybody's grasping for straws in green bay trying to make something out of nothing and and again you know somebody in your league if he's the sprinkle piece just know that's 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 the poop sprinkles those aren't chocolate sprinkles those are poop sprinkles might look like chocolate sprinkles they're not they're poopy sprinkles yeah i've, I've been confused with uh poop sprinkles one time at an ice cream place not good not good all right, we're going to get to the Divas now. Everything that you all have been waiting for. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson are all seeking contract extensions, but the crown jewel at this moment in time is Mr. Debo Samuel. Before we get into Debo and, and him officially asking for a trade out of San Francisco, something I will say, A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin or A.J. Brown and Deontay Johnson all share an agent with Debo Samuel so this might be a agent play where oh you know these this next week is the get Debo gone week and then the week after that oh DK is gonna ask for a trade and then the week after that oh Terry McLaurin's gonna ask for a trade so I feel like a lot of these guys are actually gonna hit the open market and especially as draft night rolls around uh, I think some some teams are gonna definitely trade away some assets for players um, in, in this particular draft but we're here to talk about Mr. Debo Samuel, Max, take us away. I mean, I just think, you know, the rumors happen every week in the NFL. I mean, for the longest time, Odell's like, oh, I'm not going to leave the Browns. I want to be at the Browns. They cut him, whatever. Like, teams say what they want. Same with the Seahawks. Same with literally any team. It's a business when it comes down to it. There was a sleeper report that the 49ers have, quote, unquote, no intention of trading Debo Samuel. I'm sure by next week before the NFL draft, he will be traded. And then it just comes down to where we think the best fantasy fit would be for him and the worst fantasy fit would be for him. So I'm going to kick it over to Nick C for the best fantasy fit to start us off here. And then uh, Peter, you're on deck. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's a weird situation for Debo. No disrespect, Peter, but I feel like anywhere other than the Jets and Debo is going to be fine. Like 
Garoppolo was really not a good quarterback this past year. I mean, he wasn't putting up crazy numbers and Debo was still feasting up uh, like almost every game. So I feel like anywhere but the Jets is is fine. I mean, you know, best case, he just stays in San Francisco, but I, re- I really can't think of like the best spot for him right now. Yeah, for me in particular, as a Jet fan, it's weird. Um, I'm an avid anti-Devo-er on this podcast, it's been known. I'm not a huge fan of him. Uh, I respect the game. I don't respect the fantasy game. And I just don't see him, even though the Jets run a Shanahan offense, uh, I don't see him fitting in New York. Uh, Just the style of receiver that the team needs relative to who he is. And you know what? At the end of the day, if they trade for him, you know, I'm going to root for him as hard as I can. But I think... The perfect spot for him would be, like, I know New Orleans is in the mix. I'd rather have New Orleans with Jameis just chucking the ball to him. Like That is interesting. Like, I know New Orleans is in the mix for him and a couple other teams, but the most fantasy relevance you're going to get for him is the Shanahan-styled offense out in, uh, out in San Francisco. I think his fantasy value is going to take a nosedive relatively soon and that's me being 100 percent honest and full disclosure me being a Debo samuel hater shout out big al from portland big al from portland knows that i am not a believer sure i i'm just gonna chime in here too i think i don't know well people and me and max just did a trade with debo where i traded away debo so it's kind of like uh i'm kind of going against my word right here but i feel like I don't think you need to be too concerned because like I said, with Garoppolo, he wasn't really putting up crazy numbers the whole season. And while Debo said that he doesn't really want the role that he had kind of down the stretch and in the playoffs. I mean, if you just look at, I mean, after like his first nine weeks of the season, they didn't have him in the kind of wide back role where they're giving him a ton of touches as a running back. And I mean, he was still averaging like near a hundred yards receiving a game. So, I mean, this guy's a talented guy. I mean, he had 1,400 receiving yards, so you can't really discount that and say, like, oh, he's not going to get the rushing upside, so he's not going to be good anymore. Like, he was productive without the rushing upside, so I feel like anywhere he goes, it could just be a lateral move at the quarterback, but I think he'll be fine in the long run. Yeah, I think he's a very talented receiver. I'm sitting here trying to think of, like, what I think would be the best spot for him, honestly and san francisco no i don't think san francisco is the best spot for him i really don't really i i I mean there's kittle there's Ayuk, there's that run first offense there's trey lance at quarterback i don't think san francisco is the best spot at all um honestly i want to say like green bay everyone probably would want to say like kansas city i think green bay but more so than um kansas city but besides green bay which i feel like is one of the obvious picks i like the saints a lot peter um just chucking the ball a million times i also i feel like arizona could be a sneaky team um i know our friend jace sent a picture in the chat there yeah hop i mean get him a nice one two with hopkins that'd be really nice in division though i don't think they'd trade him very true peter very true so i was gonna chime in though one last thing about debo because we're i mean it's kind of a spoiler going into the rankings but kind of where you guys stand on him rank wise. And I know he's not really 
he, he doesn't break the top 12 for consensus for you guys. So I kind of wanted to see because people might want to wonder, like, why do you guys not have him in the top 12 and kind of what your thoughts are? I know we kind of were going over uh, his long term kind of situation going forward, but why you guys don't have him there right now? It's more so like when we look at these guys in the top 12 that we're going to get to, at least for me personally, it's that these guys have done it year in and year out. Like Debo had a good rookie year. He finishes, I think, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Got hurt his sophomore year and then obviously had the year he had last year. But I just can't justify like putting him ahead of these guys that are like very consistent and are steady in their offenses of where they are. So, I mean, if, if Debo, like if I knew where Debo was going to be, I would put him in the top 12, um, 100%. But I just, there's a lot of uncertainty with Debo right now. He could sit out. He could go like somewhere like Houston or the Jets. I'm just not willing to put him in one of my top 12 wide receivers right now. Yeah, for me, for me, it's just, again, there's a wealth of, of riches at wide receiver. I feel like if you're a dynasty team and you don't have at least one or two, like, you know, not premium, but like good, 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 good wide receivers, then you're building completely wrong like at every any given time a team should have like two stud wide receivers and and there's just so many great receivers in the league now relative to like five or ten years ago so why would I take a risk on a guy who I number one particularly don't like and then number two gets all a lot of his upside from running the ball and then number three doesn't want to run the ball anymore. And number four has no idea where his future lies. When I could just get a million, a million different other guys that are completely consistent, like DJ Moore or Debo Samuel, call me crazy. I'd rather have DJ Moore every day of the week and twice on Sunday. DJ Moore is going to disappoint me 100%. He's not going to have the three touchdown games. He's not going to have the two touchdown games. He's not going to have the one touchdown games, right? We know DJ Moore. He's going to have like four touchdowns on the year and a thousand yards, but at least I know what I'm getting. It's true. Consistent. All right. We're going to move into our top 12 tiered consensus wide receiver rankings. Dun, dun, dun. Again, these rankings are pre-draft standardized half point PPR scoring. Um, and it is not for a contender or a rebuilder. It's just more right down the middle, how we feel about these assets in dynasty fantasy football moving into the 2022 NFL offseason. All right. Our number one consensus rank, all three of us have them at number one. Jace, cover your ears. Sorry. About a year a year ago, we were completely flipped on this guy. Jamar Chase, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, comes in at our 101. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we almost lost some followers when a lot of people knew we were out on Chase and then he did what he did. But just what he did, like, I get I'm kind of like, what's the word contradicting myself here when I say like, I want like consistency and see you do it year in and year out. But I know that Jamar Chase is tied to Joe Burrow for the next five years. At least I saw what he could do. They have the chemistry. I I don't worry that T Higgins is in the offense um, or Joe Mixon. The team's only getting better. He's a very, very, very talented route runner and just wide receiver. He is in my opinion, the best wide receiver right now in fantasy. Yeah, when you look at the season he had, he actually played all 17 games, which is incredible. Uh, And don't expect that trend to last much longer. Uh, But he had 81 receptions, 1,400 yards. 
geez, I'm just laughing at uh, how wrong we were. Again, we were right in the long term. We said that he would be a good receiver, but we just didn't like the price he was going for in startup drafts. Yep. Uh, but you know what? He probably could have went 101 in a startup draft last year, and somebody would have been fine taking him there when you, when you look back at it. So he ended up having 13 touchdowns on top of the, uh, the stats I already mentioned. Incredible, incredible season. The only reason I have him at number one over Justin Jefferson is because we just don't know who's going to be throwing the ball to Jay Jet, uh, where we have this tied up connection for the next at least four years uh, with, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase being that Jamar Chase would want to stay. Given, given the wide receiver market, honestly, right now, Peter, I could see Jamar Chase saying, you know, I'm worth uh, 50 million. Like, do you guys ever think it's going to get to a point where these players just like they almost ask for too much and then the NFL dies? I think it's a crazy thing to say, but. Well, the whole thing is there's there's a fixed cap. So there's, there is, there is. Uh, I'm a cap realist. I'm not a flat earther. Like the people who think the cap is fake. There's just teams who are better at back ending, like backloading their deals. It's like all those Rams deals. They learn from the Todd Gurley experience that they can't guarantee money and they got to backload a lot of these deals so that they could cut guys, you know, like if let's say a receiver gets a hundred million dollar deal and it's for five years, like 80 million of it is in the last two years of the deal. So they know they'll just end up cutting the guy after the, like before that time. So a lot of the, this money is back ended. And obviously that was just a hyperbole. It was a over dramatization of the NFL deals, but the cap is real. I want people to know that the cap is real. Uh, but I, I can see it be becoming more and more like the NBA, just the player autonomy. People just go whenever they please. And to be honest, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Maybe it was a little crazy to say that the NFL could die because the NFL is king. It's not dying anytime. But I like the player autonomy aspect. Peter. They even had Will Smith do a, a movie about how the NFL was going to die and it didn't the NFL let that movie come out. Think about that. And they're like, okay, you can play this movie about brain trauma. We don't care. Yeah. All right. Coming in at our number two ranked is Justin Jefferson. Uh, I wish I could put him at number one, but Kirk cousins, while he does, he does good work now. I don't know who's going to be thrown on the rock in a couple of years. A hundred percent. That's why I have him at number two, too. I don't really think there's much else to say. His work speech, speaks for itself excuse me Thielen's going to leave soon Dalvin Cook's going to leave soon we'll see what he can do when he's the focal point of that offense he's already there now but when you lose Cook you lose Thielen and a question mark at quarterback I can't put him at number one yeah Minnesota sports fans I, I apologize in advance it's dark days dark days in the future for the Vikings unless they can turn it around uh with a good draft next couple of drafts it's going to be looking pretty harsh that team's getting pretty old up there yeah, but when you think about Jefferson, he had two incredible seasons back-to-back. -back. And, and a lot of people can say, oh, you know, rookie fever. He had a great first year. The sophomore slump does exist. I, I, I've i seen it firsthand. Everybody out there has seen it. Look at Brandon IU. Not to say that Denzel Mims had a great rookie season, but he had a promising back end of his rookie season and then completely dudded out his sophomore season. Um, there's, there's just a million examples over the course of time. But 
the sophomore slump does not exist for Justin Jefferson. He came out there and proved it once again why he was the number one asset last year in fantasy, and now he's the number two. All right, moving on to our number three, we have Mr. A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans, soon to be a New York Jet, hopefully, crossing my fingers. Old Miss reunion up there with Elijah Moore. I love A.J. Brown more than the next guy. I, I have him at number four, so it's not that big of a difference, but I just can't get behind him at number three. Can you tell me why you have him so high, Peter? Because you have him at two. I do have him at two. I do have him at two. I just look at the body type, and I know that he will not go somewhere that doesn't have a good quarterback situation. So these teams that are going to end up trading for him are either going to be Ryan Tannehill's level which is the worst possible competing quarterback or better. Yeah. Like I would rather Zach Wilson throw him the ball than Ryan Tannehill. I'd rather Trey Lance throw him the ball than Ryan Tannehill. I'd rather just about any quarterback throw him the ball besides Ryan Tannehill. I see the breakaway speed. I see the consistency, how great he's been over the last couple of years. He did have a down start to the year last year due to injury, but at the back end, he definitely picked it up. Uh, he, he's just an incredible talent and has been able to be the number one yeah. without a number two. That's the most important thing. He was a number one without a number two in that offense for a long time. And you can say Derrick Henry is the number one. But and, you know, he gate, takes all the focus and it makes passing easier. But I still think A.J. Brown just absolutely torches defenses. But, bro, Julio was the number one last year. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Sell the news. Sell the news. Nixie, what do you got on AJB? Yeah, I was going to say, Peter, I, that's a really good point. I mean, I think everyone can see AJ Brown's talent is undeniable. And if if he were to get off of Tennessee, I mean, it's only if he finds himself in like an air raid offense where he's going to get 120 targets or something like that. I mean, this dude is just going to go ballistic. I mean, he he's been producing pretty like at an elite level in a super run heavy scheme so i totally agree with you peter that i mean if he goes somewhere else i mean pretty much anywhere else is an upgrade over Tannehill. so yeah no i i just think aj brown is super safe when you look at justin jefferson obviously like i love the talent i love the talent i love the talent it's just you don't know who's gonna be throwing the ball from the quarterback position like they'll probably draft somebody but we could have a justin field scenario where you know Darnell Mooney is is like the number one option. So uh and it's it's just hard for these bad quarterbacks, bad passing quarterbacks. We could have a Jalen Hurts situation, you know, just and I love Hurts, but it's just not fantasy relevant wide receivers, not top 12 fantasy relevant wide receivers. Sure, sure. The only thing that worries me with AJB is the injuries. I just he's been He's not that he misses a long, long, large chunk of time, but come Wednesday, Thursday of every week, you're going to see that man on the injury report, whether it's questionable, sitting out, whatever it is. And he just I just don't like practice, man. He don't like practice, that's for sure, but he still performs. I mean, we've talked to him enough. He's a physical freak. He's a very talented player. I just want to know if he is durable enough in the long run to sustain his young success. Wow, Max, you should write an essay about that. That was a great thesis. Pretty good, right? Wait, no, that's not a thesis. That's a great question, and it's a call to action for the reader at the end. Yeah, I mean, I did, I, um, super, did super well in school, as you can tell. 
All right, moving on, we have Mr. Devontae Adams at number four on our rankings. I think Tay is just an absolute stud. Um, but I think he's going to look even better in, in Raiders black. What do you guys think? I'm the highest out of all the Monarchs on him. I mean, we're looking at Jace's rankings here. Jace has him at 11. I don't know if Jace's fingers slipped and tried to hit one. Crack. Um, I think that is absolutely crazy. I have him at number three. He's right behind Jay Jet for me. Peter, you have him at five, which I can definitely see as well. Um, but 11 is crazy. And 11 I really is think, crazy. I think that's why Jay skipped the episode. No, he didn't skip the episode, but why he's, you know, quote, unquote, sick. He doesn't want to justify Dude, this. Dude, he didn't Jordan flu game it like me last time. For sure, for sure. Um, but, I mean, we haven't seen Tay slow down at all. They have the chemistry. He just got a new deal. His quarterback got a new deal. They're going to be in a division that, remind you, is going to score a load of points. Dude, that's going to be a fun over. Just every week, the AFC West over. And he's the guy. Like, his route running is so crisp. It's so pure. And I get he's getting up there in age. But until I see him slowing down, which I haven't, I'm not moving him lower than three. I definitely agree. I think 11 is probably too low, but – I don't know. I mean, the age has to be concerning at some point. I mean, I, I'm just going to draw a comparison, not saying Devontae Adams is Julio Jones, but I mean, there's a point in Julio's career two years ago, three years ago, where he was still putting up those top five numbers and he just fell off of a cliff. And then it's like, then you're just stuck with a 31 year old wide receiver, 30 year old wide receiver. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of get why Jace is low on him, but I mean, Adams is an elite producer. If you're a contender, I mean, he's obviously one of the best pieces that you could have, but I think you have to have some concern about the age going forward. For me, this is what I look at. I look at trends, right? So the last two seasons, so his 28 season versus his 29 season in his 29 season, he racked up an extra 200 yards, just about than his 28, 28-year-old season. And then he also racked up seven more catches. Wait, no, eight more catches. He racked up eight more catches as well. He did shy away from the touchdowns, but that just might be due to, you know, variance. Touchdowns are not a sticky stat, as we've talked about a million times on the podcast. So at 28 and 29, he's putting up insanely fantasy-relevant seasons at 1,500 yards in a season. And then it's 123 catches and 11 touchdowns. The year prior of around the same numbers with 18 touchdowns. We understand that there are, I would say more options in the Vegas offense and by no means, no means whatsoever. Am I expecting him to put up the exact same season that he did last year? But I just think he's been so consistent over the course and course of time, uh, especially like, 2019 season, he is injured. So he didn't get a, he almost hits a thousand. He comes up three yards shy of a thousand. And then 2018, he puts up, you know, 1400 yards. Just like he's been so consistent over so many years and you know what you're getting. And even though he is older, the route running is not going to escape those guys. Julio was just a big body. He's, that's something that I, I want to emphasize. We've talked about on the podcast. I will die on this hill. I will die defending this hill. The big guys never last. Like Mike Ev is a great route runner, so he's having a little longevity and he has Tom Brady throwing him the ball, but I still don't expect him to make it deep into his 30s. 
like Devonte, I can see him putting up extremely productive years, extremely, extremely, extremely like wide receiver one productive years up until he's like 32 or 33. No, I a 100% agree. And like my thing with Derek Carr too is Derek Carr is not a shabby quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers by any means, but that offense with Josh McDaniels, he is going to use Devonte similar to how they used Randy Moss in those early Patriots offenses. The sign of a good offensive coordinator is somebody who understands their offense. They, Josh McDaniels understood the Patriot offense this season. He understood what he had. He understood what he had to do to win games, right? And now he's going to understand that he has a wealth of talent at receiver and probably the best receiver in the league, flat, no strings attached, best receiver in the league on his roster. All right, that's enough for Devontae Adams' time. We're going to take a look at our number five now, Mr. C.D. Lamb. Max, I'll let you start here. I want you to start, Peter. You have him at number eight, which I think is criminally low for C.D. Lamb, um, just given his age, given his situation and everything like that. So I want you to start, and then I will kick us back. I'm reading the writing on the walls. Okay. Writing on the walls is Dallas's offensive line got worse. Dallas's running back core got a year older. Dallas lost their number one star receiver and are likely to draft one. So that gives me another year of CeeDee Lamb being a 1B candidate, 1A, 1B candidate with a worse offensive line. And when the offensive line produces, uh, when the offensive line doesn't produce, Dak doesn't produce at all. Like, like I would scream right now, but it would echo through my room because it's a little bare right now. And that would not be a good experience for our listeners. No. So I would scream right now if I could about how bad Dak is when that offensive line doesn't play well. That offensive line is going to stink. And throughout the season, you are bound to have some injuries. It is not deep at all. If I was Jerry, I'd be drafting offensive line. But, again, I I don't own the star. So I I just have a really pessimistic outlook on CeeDee Lamb for this upcoming season. I still think he's really young. But for right now, there's just so many guys with proven talent where I don't have a million question marks. Yeah, but I feel like there's going to be question marks given literally almost any wide receiver. I mean, you can make a question mark for Chase with having T. Higgins there or Jefferson, no. his quarterback. No. Devontae and his. Like, no, there are zero question marks for Chase. Some are bigger than others, Peter, but like you could argue that, you know? Not really. Like, I'll go right down the line that we've done so far chase the offensive line got better and Joe Burrow's incredible. And you could even argue that T Higgins takes away from takes away defenders from chase, right? Justin Jefferson, a million question marks, but a guy who's done it, who's done it over the last couple of seasons. We've never seen CD lamb actually do it. AJ Brown, a guy who's done it over the last couple of seasons and can go anywhere else and have a better quarterback situation. Devonte Adams. Need I say more like, I can even go into our next two guys and I'd be perfectly fine like having them over CD Lamb, but we'll talk about them. Well, you have we talk over, about them. You have them over CD Lamb. It's just I don't know, given that he's going to be like as of right now before the NFL draft, the number one receiver in that offense. He's young, he's an amazing route runner and he has that rapport with Dak. I mean, I get that their offensive line got worse, but you're not going to have like this perfect utopia for him, you know? So just given Listen, every- he's had, he's had perfect utopia the last two seasons and has underperformed. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't know. 
It's I'm tough. fine having him in the top 12. I am perfectly, perfectly fine. I have him at number eight. I, I just, there's too many guys with too much proven talent with so many less question marks. And even if they do have the same amount of question marks, they've proved that they can do it. And CeeDee Lamb has never proved outside of like one or two game stretches that he can do it. It's true. It's true. Nick C, what, anything on CD? No, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's tough because like Peter said, I feel like they'll definitely draft a wide receiver, even though, I mean, they're hurting for linemen and stuff. I mean, I had, this is just a different player, but same offense uh, with Dak Prescott. And he's another guy I'm kind of souring on for that same kind of reason where they don't have that depth at O-line. So it's going to be hard to get the ball off for Dak. And, you know, while CD, you can argue like, oh, Amari's gone. He's just going to get way more targets. I mean, he's had over 100 targets, 111 and 120 targets the past two seasons. And, I mean, he was a wide receiver too. So it's like – He's a drop king too. Yeah. I mean, he's – if he's going to get 130 targets, I mean, okay, that's great. But it just depends. It's the – I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not as high on C.D. Lamb. Question for you guys. Let's say, hypothetical, saw on Twitter, Debo liked a post saying he'd look good in the Dallas colors, whatever. What if Debo goes there? It doesn't change my outlook on Lamb much. He'd still probably be eight, right? Eight, eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. If or anything, you, I I would maybe be lower on him just because I mean Debo is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper, and he's just going to demand more touches. So mm. if anything, I would I would probably be lower. But I mean that's just because I I think Debo is uh, I, I'm probably higher on Debo than you guys are, but. So that's why I would kind of move CD down more if he went there. I just think it's a fun hypothetical. Yeah. When I just think about CD Lamb, he's he's just the ultimate could-be guy. And it scares me. Like, if, you, if you're a rebuilder, completely go out there and go get him. Especially if, like, a guy's a competitor and he's souring on him a little bit. Definitely go get him, but it's just – uh, Taylor's oldest time, you know, oh, this guy's going to break out this year. Oh, this guy's going to break out this year. Oh, this guy's going to break out this year. And it just never happens. You're swaying me more to that side, honestly. It's just, it's tough to go out and tell somebody to go get him because he's still valued like gold. Like just be given the circumstances, given the team he plays for in the age, like it's tough, you know? So, but if you could get him at an affordable rate, go out and do it. Yeah. Some people want four first for him. And I got four first for him. <laughs> As as, uh, as someone would say, I want it, I got it. I want it, I got it. I want it, I got it. It's kind of how I feel with, like, winning a championship. Like, went out, shoved my chips all in, and I got it. Like, super simple. Um, there's some people, like, in this call that are just, like, you know, they, they say they're a competitor, but they just, they're, not a, they're not willing to shove the chips all in. So I'm not willing to shove my chips all in on April 21st. On yeah. April 21st, you know what? You got me, Max. I'm not ready to shove my chips all in. And I probably shoved mine all in February 2nd of 2021. And it worked out great because I almost actually- didn't. Really almost didn't. You getting bailed out by Kelsey, the Bearcat himself. That's right. You know, it was I'm not saying that your championship was lucky. I'm just saying some luck involved. 100 percent all right, we'll we'll stop we'll stop going back and forth. We'll get into our number six receiver, who I believe I have higher than CD Lamb. It's Stefan Diggs. 
I just I don't know how you have him higher than CD Lamb. Like the guy's 28 years old. I get he's tied to Josh Allen. He just got a new bag as well. Um, but he is very consistent. But I mean, I don't know. See now up. I didn't even have to say any words. You didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to say any words, and he's already agreeing with me. He is very consistent. I just, given the age and everything like that, I just I can't put him higher than CD Lamb. I, I'm a CD Lamb lover, though. So I, I don't know. I, like when I think about Diggs, you just you just he reminds me of sitting by the fire, reading a nice book. You have a nice cup of hot co- hot cocoa, and you're just completely content. Like if he's your wide receiver one on your team, your wide receiver two, I'm completely content. I'll pass out. It's he's like taking a melatonin. Like I'll take okay, I take the melatonin. Okay, I'm gonna go to sleep now. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about my wide receiver position. A lot of people were down on him this past season because he really didn't have the pop that he had the season prior. But that's all these receivers, like all these consistent guys. They're going to have their breakout year, and then after that, it's just going to be a little bit more humdrum. But again, you have to learn to be okay with consistency. A lot of people are scared of consistency. They're scared of guys putting up 13 points a game. They're scared of guys putting up 14 points a game. They want the guy that's going to put up 22, but then they're scared of the guy putting up three the following week. I'll take the guy that scores 15 points every single week and twice on Sunday. Make a good point. You really do. I mean, CD's that guy that will put up 22 and then he'll put up three and then he'll put up six and then he'll put up 14. Diggs is that guy that is like literally consistent every single week. You're going to get between 13 and 15 and a half point PPR. 13 and 15. And then maybe he goes for two touchdowns and yep. then you get a little bit of a boom game. It, it, he, oh man, you're, you're good, Peter. You're good. This is why you're the host. This is why we have you on. Um, if you're listening, uh, oh man, go out and get Diggs. Diggs is really good. Mr. Consistency himself. Yeah. Damn. All right. Moving on. Number seven, we have Cooper cup of coffee as some people, the fantasy footballers in particular, like to call him. Uh, But over here, he's just Cooper. So we have Cooper cup coming in at number seven off of his wide receiver one finish. Yeah, I have him at uh, nine. So I'm actually the lowest on Cooper cup. I just don't think he can repeat it. I mean, obviously he can't repeat what he just did. That would be almost like statistically impossible. The one thing that I will say about Cooper cup is that there is an interview and I really liked what he said because he's like, you know, I'm just working on myself, working on getting the team better. He doesn't care about the bag, whatever it is. He just wants to win and he'll do whatever it takes to do that. Um, I just, I think a lot of people are expecting that he can do that year in and year out. That's just, I don't believe the case. I think he could have a really good season, uh, but not nothing like he put up before. Peter? Yeah, I, I think if you're a competitor, he's he's a really important piece on a lot of these competing rosters. He's another one of those consistent guys where you're going to go into the game knowing that he'll get eight or nine targets. He'll get a down-the-field, like, 50-yard nuke throw, and yeah. that's a 50-50 chance he grabs that. Um, and he'll get he'll get uh, red zone rub opportunities uh, for any of those people out there. I don't think I mentioned it on the show before, but those rub plays are really important. The basically wide receiver screen plays. Yeah. He, so essentially the offense is so designed around that one particular player. They're going to set a screen for him so that they and only them are going to have a chance to get in the end zone. Players like that are Devontae Adams that I see all the time. He gets those wide receiver rubs and Cooper Cup in particular. So 
you know, CD lamb isn't going to be getting a, a wide receiver rub. Tyreek Hill gets the wide receiver rubs. Um, so when they're down a distance is like first and goal from like the five, you know, that if they're going to throw, they're going to be looking for him. So he also has a lot of touchdown upside when it comes to that. Uh, so he's just going to be a super consistent guy. The only thing that I am scared of is that they're adding Allen Robinson and it's another year for them to develop that offense, realizing that they can't rely on him as much, but he'll still be an incredible, incredible piece for contenders. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I don't know, Max, I, I get that feeling too. I feel like everyone kind of is in agreement that he's not going to repeat those numbers, obviously record breaking numbers, but I mean, if you're a contender and you have him on your roster, even if he gives you 20% less, I mean, if he gave 20% less on the season this year, I mean, he's still flirting with wide receiver one. So like, even if it's, let's say even greater 25%, I mean, he's still going to be a top five wide receiver. So I I'm still like, I like cup like as a contender, like you guys are saying, but I don't know. I think if you were really trying to sell, it would have been, a month ago, two months ago before free agency, when, before Robinson got there, I mean, I, you guys were talking about it back then as well, that cup was a sell. I mean, cause you could have got, who knows what you could have got two arms and three legs for Cooper cup. But I mean, now you're probably not going to get that price just cause people are starting to chill out on him. Uh, but I totally agree as a contender, you're going to love him as a wide receiver one on your team. All right. Before we move on, I did want to mention, we forgot to uh, tell the listeners out there our tiers. So our first tier in, in, was, uh, in the wide receivers here is just number one and number two. Our first tier, Jamar Chase and then Justin Jefferson. And this wraps up our second tier, starting with A.J. Brown at three, going to Devontae at four, C.D. Lamb at five, Stephon Diggs at six, and then Cooper Cup at seven. And now we're going to be entering our third tier uh, third tiered rankings. And these guys are all in a similar pool. Uh, if you don't know what tiered rankings are, but moving into our number eight, I think I had this guy maybe outside of the top 12. I think I might've had him at 12. Exactly. I have DK Metcalf. No, it, it, I, you just hate him because I think I hate him because you love him. Yes. I really think that is it because there's one thing in fantasy that I love doing and that's trades, obviously. But in 2020, I traded Peter for DK Metcalf. And he is the one player that has not left my team. And I think Peter's just salty that he let him go so early. No chance. And didn't get to see his, like him. I got to see DK blossom, you know, into this beautiful, majestic flower. Who puts up like, like two points a game and then decides to put up 30. No, Peter, you know. What's so great about DK is that he's finished as I, sorry, I have him on my team. And here. he's like a two reception baby for a hundred yards guy. Peter. I mean, you look at his stats. It, it doesn't matter if it's with Geno Smith or Russell Wilson, the guy's an athletic freak. I get, he might not have the best route tree in the NFL, any of that. His situation. Yes. It got worse, obviously losing Russell Wilson, but he's 24 years old, a physical specimen. And has been, he put up a wide receiver five number two years ago and then wide receiver 11 last year. Two top 12 finishes from a guy that you hate. I would love to see why you hate him, Peter. And I'm, I can't wait for you to go. He had less than a thousand yards this year 
and had 12 touchdowns. And I'd probably say four of those touchdowns are lucky. And three of them came within the last week. He had an, a, a God awful season and gets bailed out by one game at the end. And I, I see the, the massive grin you have on your face. Look, his quarterback situation got way worse this season. The only reason, the only reason he cracked my top 12 is that he either a wants to trade this season or becomes a free agent next year. It's literally the only reason, the only reason if he gets a good quarterback to throw him the ball and Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. I I had DK on my team. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't like the way that he played this past season, had a down year. If he can go out and get like an elite quarterback, like if he went to, and again, I know Green for Bay. the love, of, yeah, for the love of God, everybody's hearing Green Bay for every relevant receiver. But if he went to Green Bay, if he went to, not if he went to New York, I'd still be scared fantasy wise. Like I, I love the Jets, don't get me wrong, but he Imagine would scare me. Our boy Jameis tossing dimes to DK. See, like I would love that. But I just know that DK is not the kind of guy who's going to separate well. And he, since he doesn't separate well, he's not going to get a lot of targets. He's an Olympic runner. That doesn't mean you separate well. It means that he can outrun more people than not, Peter. This is I mean, true, but you know what you need when you're going to outrun someone, which is something that I brought up at the beginning of the year, which I hammered for hours and hours and hours on end on this podcast. You need an offensive line that's going to hold more than two seconds if you're going to outrun people. Seattle's offensive line is one of the worst I have ever seen, and I watched the New York Jets play football for 23 years of my life. That offensive line is one of the worst offensive lines I have ever seen in my entire life, and that was proof positive with the season that he had this year. I, I don't know. Both seasons, the past two seasons, he has had 129 targets. We can look at stats for hours here. You say he didn't have 1,000. Sorry, he had 967 yards. I round up where I come from. We're going to call that 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. I get that's a lot. Um, I do agree. Three of them came at the end, of the, like the second to last week. Um, but those three came in the biggest week of the season. You play fantasy football to win a championship. DK scored three in the championship and brought home a lot of championship trophies. He brought me one. So, Hey, look, you can roll the dice a million times. You can bet on stuff that's 30 to one odds, right? But it's still 36 to one odds. Like you can bet on a bad, you can make a bad bet and it's still win. That's what you did with DK in, the, in the, your championship. It's a bad bet, but sometimes the bad bets win. Mm. You're just salty because I bounced you in the first round. The banter's unreal. Move on to the next guy because our listeners – they're, I think they're team max right now. Hey, look, they can say whatever they want. I just don't like DK because of his inconsistencies. His inconsistencies are too high. All right, moving on to number nine. Front, fall from grace, really. Number one in our preseason 2021 rankings. Now going into our preseason pre-draft 2022 rankings, it's Mr. Tyree Kill. Fall from grace from one to nine. Cheetah, cheetah. The cheetah. I, whenever I tell people goodbye, I, I give them the peace sign and I say Tyreek Hill. Um, to me, it's just about he obviously got a downgrade at quarterback. Wherever you go after Mahomes, you're going to get a downgrade at quarterback, you know. Um, but it's like he can't keep up that speed forever. He's getting another year older. He just got a crazy deal, which I feel like doesn't really motivate him that often. He's got Jalen Waddle to compete with now, who's also a speedster. Um, I just I don't. I don't see how 
he can continually do it every single year, especially without Mahomes. So for that reason, I have him down lower. Yeah. When you look at Terry Kill, he, he's like we talked about it when he got traded. He's a speed related guy who's going to be pushing into his 30s at under 5'10, I believe. The remaining elite years of his contract are going to be under either Tua Tagovailoa or they'll end up trading for a quarterback next year, which I doubt. So it's either going to be Tua or a drafted quarterback uh, are going to be his primary uh, throwers of the football for the rest of his elite years. I just, I'm just not a huge fan. The only reason that he's this high is because of the respect that we have for what he's done over the last couple of years. Yeah. And believe me, he'll have some, he'll have some big games in Miami. Don't get me wrong. He'll take a couple to the house um, and he'll stay fantasy relevant that way. But I, I'm just a little, little nervous about Tyreek Hill moving forward. I was going to say, I mean, I, this is just one thing to think about. I'm curious on your guys' take, but just because he's going to uh, Mike McDaniel coach team, do you have any hopes that he's going to slide into some type of like Debo role where they're going to put him in the backfield not. at all? Or okay. No chance. There, I would be willing to bet a lot of money if anybody out there thinks that he'll have a Debo type role for the whole season. He just got paid and he's getting older. He doesn't want to go through that. He doesn't want to get running back touches. He'll get jet sweep touches. He will not get running back touches. I agree with Peter. I don't agree with Peter much, but I will agree with Peter here, sadly. They they would do that to Waddle before anybody, but Waddle's a, you know, he's he's rail thin, so I doubt he gets running back snaps either. Speaking about Mr. Waddle, I like that Peter coming in at number 10. We have our Mr. Jalen Waddle himself. I love Jalen Waddle. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the amazing rookie year that he had that got overshadowed by Jamar Chase. But when you look at Jalen Waddle, and I get he's got the same quarterback as um, Tyreek Hill, I, I, I do understand that is how it works in, uh, in football. But when you look at Waddle and what he was able to do his rookie season with I mean, Tua, he was getting targets galore. I mean, 13, 8, 11, 10, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 7, 7, 13. Like, he got a lot of targets, and you just don't see that often from a rookie. He got 140 targets. He had over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards, and only six touchdowns. If those touchdown numbers go up next year with his speed, with his ability, I mean, he was drafted right behind Jamar Chase at Number six overall. Everyone knows he's a very talented player. And if Tyree Kill can take the number one guy and he gets the number two guy, Jalen Waddle is going to be in for a monster, monster year. Yeah. When I think about Jalen Waddle, I feel like in my rankings, I probably had him over CeeDee Lamb. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you had probably everyone over CeeDee Lamb here. Um, you actually have Jalen Waddle lower than CeeDee Lamb, surprisingly, though, Peter. Well, we ended up making these rankings about a week ago. So that is on me. But at this moment in time, I do feel a lot higher on Jalen Waddle than I do CeeDee Lamb. But Waddle to me is not a good value right now. I feel like during the year, if he's that offense kind of starts a little bit slower, especially if he starts a little bit slower, that's the perfect time to buy. Tyreek Hill's not going to make the third year of that deal. So if you're a rebuilder and you know your window's three years from now, four years from now, Waddle is the perfect piece to buy once they get a little bit cold. If that offense struggles a little bit, Tyree Kill will be gone, not this season, 
not the following season, but the one after that, he won't play for the Dolphins. Probably he'll be a cap casually. Um, Jalen Waddle's a perfect, perfect, perfect buy then. Yeah, his price is way too high right now. All right, moving into number 11. It's a shame that we don't have Jace on the show. It's Mr. T. Higgins. We have two Cincinnati wide receivers coming in hot. We do. And, Peter, I mean, you have him at 15, which I think is criminally low. So I'm going to let you kick us off here. And then uh, I'm going to pass this to Nick C on the the comeback there. Yeah, you know, I just – I think I'm very – level-headed when it comes to my fantasy football takes there are some people that really get me going like uh mr dk decarious math calf really gets me going um but but this is one of my more level-headed takes i i think t higgins is a great receiver don't get me wrong and i think he has the chance to finish top 12 in any given season uh but chance doesn't mean anything for me when i look at that I just feel like they that offense cannot support two top 12 receivers in the same season consistently, consistently. I feel like Jamar Chase is going to get his, and then T. Higgins is going to suffer for that as those their roles kind of break, break out and branch out a little bit with running the football. I'm just not a big fan of having two top-tier guys in the same – uh, sorry, two like number one wide receivers in the, on the same team. I, I just can't really see both of them finishing top 12 this upcoming season. And that, there's nothing against T. I think he's a great asset. It's just other guys that I would rather have because I'd rather have a number one on some teams than a number two on another. Fair. Nick C? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I've never really been super huge on T Higgins, um, but I've started to come around listening to Jason Max kind of like talk and kind of gush over him. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't know. I mean, he's not, I don't know. He's just not there for me. I mean, I think like Peter said, he has just as good a chance to be a top 12 wide receiver as a lot of wide receivers. I mean, you looked on the stretch of last season as well, like Higgins, he was putting, he was overshadowing Jamar Chase in some of the games down the stretch. Not saying he's going to do that the whole season, but I mean, the, the range of outcomes is there for him, which, I mean, I like that. I mean, he's tied to Burrow for a long time to come. He's very talented, but I, I don't know. Like Peter said, he's just not there for me. Um, but really quick for the paywall, like for the price of admission, I'd rather have T over Chase 100%. So I, I want people to know that I'm not low on on T, you know, like hate him. Number 15 is incredible for a wide receiver. Like, think about that. Like, oh, you're the 15th best receiver in the league. You're, you barely finish outside the top 12. It's still really good, and I'd rather have him over Chase for the price, 100%. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not, I don't think any of us have T. Higgins. I mean, Jace has him at 8. I have him at 10. I just think, like, when I see 15, it's a little low for me personally. But when you look at his build, we'll start with his build. Six foot four, 215 pounds. He's going to get the red zone targets. He's going to get the touchdowns. The past two seasons, he's only had six touchdowns each, which honestly is like, it really surprises me. He only played 14 out of 17 games this season. Um, He finished as the 17th ranked wide receiver in standard and 24 in PPR. So his really big issue is he doesn't get that many touches, I guess you could say. Um, He has some games where he gets 15, 14, 13 targets, but most games he's looking at six, seven targets for about 70 yards. And if he finds the end zone, great. If not, he's kind of a guy that you're going to 
get around 10 points. So I see why you put him at 15, Peter. I just think given the upside and he had over, he had 110 targets this year, 108 the previous year. He received, he had 74 catches this year for 1,091 yards. He has the speed. He has the size. If he can get those touchdowns up and a couple more looks, I mean, you get rid of Tyler Boyd. I get this is longer down the line. I think it's a no brainer that he's a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the path's not there. I'm just, there's just too many guys in this league. And again, I've talked about it. Wide receiver is not like, it's a luxury position. Like there's so many guys out there. There's there's a wealth of talent at the wide receiver position. Not that it's a luxury position. A luxury position would be something where there's like no good players like tight end. But there, there's just a, a wealth of riches, just just so many receivers out there. And I would just rather have a guy who's going to get the targets over yep. a guy who might get the targets. I won't say won't. I'll say might get the targets. And that's why I have him at 15 and not at like 20. That's fair. And, I mean, we talk about 15. I'm, I'm a transition to the next one. I have this next guy, DJ Moore, at 15. Um, and I think you should kick us off, Peter, because you're a big DJ Moore truther. So is Jace. But I'm just not as high as him. And that's where our values differ, you know. Listen, we had perfection, Professor Max's trade corner every week. And in it, you know, he has one constant theme that he always tries to tell people. But I think when we look at this top 12, there's one constant theme that I keep talking about at Max. What is it? Let's see if you've been a good listener. Consistency. Consistency is so important. I know what DJ Moore is. DJ Moore's a thousand yards and four touchdowns. That's just it's, not he's win. been like that the last three years with terrible quarterbacks. Likely won't get a better quarterback, but I, I know what he is. He's a quantifiable resource for me. I know what DJ Moore is. And if I can slide him into my flex, he is still super young, still hasn't gotten a, a big contract yet. And the likelihood that he will move after this upcoming season with the player autonomy is pretty high. So I really love DJ Moore. Really, 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 really love him. Cause I know what I'm going to get from him every single week, every single week. And he reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs before he got the move. Okay. You make a lot of good points, Peter. I mean, I'm very impressed with your uh, vocabulary tonight and consistency really is key. And I don't really have more, much more to add to DJ Moore other than, that he is consistent, but I just, to me, it's like, it's tough for me to justify putting in a guy at my receiver position that I know is like, he's really capped at like, I don't know, one 14 points. Yeah. I mean, that's like his, that's like one deep ball that he usually gets. And then a touchdown besides that, he's, he's really sitting between like eight and 10 points. And again, if he gets a, a better quarterback, sure. Maybe we can go up a little bit. He is young, but I like the consistency argument, Peter. Yeah, I'm just going to chime in with like two things. So one, it's kind of just going counter of what Peter was talking about with just having kind of DJ Moore being like a consistent guy. Like when I'm playing fantasy football, I'm definitely trying to go for that high upside. And Peter, you brought it up earlier that you would rather have DJ Moore than Debo Samuel. But for me, like I would rather have Debo Samuel because he'll give you the 30 point weeks and like, those are the, those are going to win you the week. Like I, that's the only kind of difference with that. So DJ Moore for me has just been a, a guy that I don't really, I never have really liked. I mean, he's a great prospect and everything, but just in a bad situation, he does have those pop games. And like you mentioned, Peter, 
with his contract coming up, he could likely move spots, which then I'll probably be changing my tune on him. But that's kind of just one thing where it's like, I, I just am not big on DJ Moore. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I think everybody should be pretty high on DJ Moore. And this is another another hill I will gladly die on. I'm a DJ Moore truther through and through. It hurt when I had to trade him this year, but uh, I was getting too much value back. I can't remember the exact trade, but uh, no, it, it was sad. And I think in the future, I might try to grab him again. I know what my mission is for this week. All right. We'll see if you can accomplish this. Um, All right. That's going to wrap it up for our top 12 wide receivers. We're going to get into Max's trade corner. Yeah. I'm going to get through the trade corner here really shortly here. Uh, just some of the guys that missed the cut for us. Chris Godwin, ACL, is very concerning for us. Terry McLaurin, he's one of those guys. A lot of question marks there. Keenan Allen, the age. Amari Cooper, moving situations. And then, obviously, one of the bigger ones, um, Debo Samuel and Deontay Johnson. I don't know. They're just missing the top. Right on the edge. Right on the edge for us there. But Peter's really – his consistency really goes a long way in his rankings, and he swayed ours as well. So this is going to be a more quick trade corner, and it's just going to be one trade that I went over this week here, and it was with a fellow league mate. I actually traded C.D. Lamb, believe it or not, and I traded C.D. Lamb and A.J. Dillon for Deontay Johnson and Antonio Gibson. And for me, it was just like, A.J. Dillon, I love him. He's great. If Aaron Jones was to go down, oh, man, I would be kicking myself. But I really believe in Deontay Johnson. I think he's just as good, if not better, of a route runner that CD is. I get he took a hit on the quarterback this year with getting Mitch Trubisky. But his age, 25 years old, he finishes the number eight wide receiver in standard. Eight in PPR, 12 in standard. He's a really good player. So to justify like the small downgrade at receiver for me to go from A.J. Dillon, who's honestly – I can't start him with confidence, whereas Gibson, when he was healthy, was putting up tremendous numbers. It really just came down to selling the windows, you know? And I'm also – that's the one trade. Do you guys have anything – any questions on that one, or what do you guys think about that one for me? I think when you when you do it, you're realizing that player names are flashy. Yeah. Um, so C.D. Lamb, you know, production relative to trade value is absurd. Um, believe me, I got four first for him. So like his production does not say anything. Whereas Deontay put up numbers and he's super young. The only thing about Deontay coming up is whether Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to, to kind of support him. But at the end of the day, I think Mitch is going to have to find a security blank in that offense. And I doubt it's Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be, uh, it could be Claypool as well. Um, no, it won't. It will not be Chase Claypool. Clay, Claypool. It will not be Chase Claypool. I, I don't think he will, but I, I do think Claypool is a pretty good receiver. But I really like what you said there, Peter. I would give you an A-plus for today. You made a lot of good points. Um, but you really have to look out for the names. I mean, another trade was Mahomes that I made. I tra- In a single quarterback league, it was with Nixie. I traded Mahomes for Dak and Mike Will. And in a single quarterback league, if you can make that trade, go out and do it 10 out of 10 times. I overpaid for Mahomes, wanting the big flashy name. I realized, you know, quarterbacks, they're all going to put up the same amount of points in a vacuum. 
I mean, whether Mahomes puts up four more than Dak a week, I get that could win week sometimes. But to have another asset like Mike Will, who I can flip later on down the road, is something that I really wanted to do. Um, and then one more thing here before we go. I'm kind of flying through the trade corner today. Um, I also traded for Debo Samuel, and I know we talked on the podcast, a lot of question marks there. My big thing with trading for Debo Samuel, like I wanted him, I like having that mystery box feel in case he does go to a big team. I could flip him for even more. It's kind of like buying a stock, getting a little profit on it, and then flipping. Um, but the other thing was I got some insider information from Nick C saying that he got offered 101 for Debo Samuel, and he wasn't too keen on 101. Um, but I personally am really big on 101. So before this episode goes to the public and everything like that, I will probably be getting 101 for Debo Samuel in some sort of fashion. And I mean, just to go into the draft with Malik Willis, Brees Hall, whoever it is, or even Jamison Williams, I think it's a great deal for Debo Samuel um, that I got. So that's going to wrap up the trade corner today. A really great episode for all of us. Peter, any closing words? No, I just want to thank everybody. Shout out Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, interact with us over there and give us a follow on Apple Pod and Spotify. And retweet our Waddle post because it's going live. Uh, it will be live when you hear this episode. And we're hoping for 100 plus retweets. Retweet the Waddle post. And again, thank you so much, everybody, for making it to the end and listening. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>